Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what Big Wireless does. They charge you a lot, we charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do it. Sign up now, and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45, equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. Hey, it's Danny Pellegrino from Everything Iconic. Ready to upgrade your style game without blowing your budget? Check out Quince. They've got all the good stuff, shirts and polos, activewear, and fine leather goods, all at 50 to 80% less than other high-end brands. And the best part? They're all about safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get that luxury vibe without the luxury price tag. Hit up quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. That's quince.com slash upgrade. This is an apostrophe podcast production. Here's one little question that has no simple answer. How does being alone bring us closer? My name is Peg Fong. I'm a journalist and an educator. Come join me as we explore loneliness together. Imagine not knowing who John Lennon is. It isn't hard to do when collective memory fades. A few years ago, a student walked into the MIT office of Cesar Hidalgo while the scientist was working and listening to music at the same time. The song that was playing at that moment in his office was Imagine. Curious, Hidalgo asked the student, who was in her 20s, if she knew what the song was that she was hearing. Her hesitant answer, was it Coldplay? It got Hidalgo thinking. His research focuses on collective learning, the learning that takes place in teams, organizations, and economies. With his group at MIT, he develops analytical tools and models to understand how collective learning takes place, and also they design tools to help improve the collective learning of organizations. The answer to imagining what it means to forget John Lennon made Hidalgo think, when will someone or something famous be forgotten? The data shows that songs, for example, have a period of up to five years that last in our communicative memory, which means that we're still talking about that song in our everyday conversations. 
after that peak of about five years, that song or thing that everyone knew about or was talking about levels off, and it becomes what is referred to as not communicative memory, but cultural memory. It becomes encoded in recordings or books, or in the case of John Lennon, perhaps an eight-hour-long documentary released in 2021, 50 years after the song Imagine was first heard by the public. We remember things because they have meaning for us, and we forget things because other things become more important. Seeing people and hearing songs that aren't part of our day-to-day conversations bring with it a sense of nostalgia, a longing for the past, and a remembrance of what had been. And in that longing and in those memories, we form a connection to what had been things or people who once mattered to us, and then the realization of all that has been lost. Is it that realization that makes us lonely? Or does the loneliness come when we remember what was once real? How does nostalgia become a way for us to forget our loneliness? There are many reasons why people, movies, or songs become forgotten. One possibility is that the new pushes out the old, and we can only hold so much in our individual and collective memories. It's also true that there's a lot more new content these days, from new shows, new podcasts, movies, and music, and more famous people for us to keep track of. Cesar Hidalgo, the data scientist at MIT, also points out that as people get older, what matters to them culturally loses their appeal. At one point, Elvis memorabilia was guaranteed to bring record prices. But by 2015, a rare acetate of his 1962 recording of Suspicion found in the UK and had been expected to sell for £12,000 only sold for half that amount. The reason, the collectors who want the memorabilia age out, that is, they die. And the people who own the collectibles also die. And those items that they kept and cherish don't have the same meaning for their heirs. So the market becomes more saturated with sellers, while the number of buyers diminish. Over the pandemic, nostalgia led to deja vu for moviegoers and music listeners. Ghostbusters, Afterlife, hit the box office, a direct sequel to the first two Ghostbusters. No Time to Die, the James Bond movie, featured the iconic Aston Martin. And before the year was up, in 2021, there was the return and remakes of the new Matrix and Space Jam and West Side Story. Listening-wise, Spotify noted that two months into the pandemic in 2020, there was a 54% increase in listeners making nostalgic-themed playlists, as well as an uptake in the share of listening to music from the 50s, 60s, 70s, and 80s. The highest share was from the 50s. Hmm, 
maybe hold on to that Elvis memorabilia for a little while longer. Nostalgia is bittersweet. It's called a complex emotional experience because it has both negative and positive outcomes. Our memories are faulty, but the emotion associated with remembering is very real. It's so real that nostalgia was initially considered a diagnosis, a serious medical condition. In a famous scene from Mad Men, Don Draper defines nostalgia as a pain from an old wound, a twinge in your heart. It's that twinge which makes nostalgia more powerful as a marketing tool than just memory. And as Don Draper pointed out in the pitch for Kodak Slide Carousel, it's a time machine that goes backwards and forwards. It takes us to a place where we ache to go again. Today, nostalgia is about items, objects, memories from time past. But for centuries, the idea of nostalgia was about loneliness for a place, especially the Swiss Alps. And that loneliness for what was home was so acute that nostalgia was linked to death. You could suffer from such homesickness. It was believed at one time you could die from it. The symptoms of nostalgia as a disease was first described by Swiss medical student Johannes Hoffer in a dissertation written in 1688. Hoffer noted a new disease that seemed to only affect Swiss people, particularly mercenaries who were far from home. Swiss men in the 16th century were so prized for their fierceness and loyalty in battles that they were often employed by foreign royal courts, including the Vatican, to be mercenary soldiers. Their only weakness, it seemed, was a tendency to succumb to a disease that began with high fever, an irregular heartbeat, stomach ache, feebleness, and melancholy. The symptoms were often triggered by a specific siren song that was sung by herdsmen, and there was serious consideration by doctors who studied the soldiers that the illness was caused by damage to the eardrums by the incessant clanging of cowbells used in the Alps to bring cows home after a day of roaming in the mountain. Guess what? I got a fever, and the only prescription is more cowbell, please, Jeff. Let me see what I have here. Hoffer dubbed the condition nostalgia, a mix of the Greek word nosos, which means a return to the homeland, and algos, the word for suffering or grief. And it was caused by excessive thinking of home while in a foreign place. The youngest soldiers, those who came from isolated communities in the mountains and who were not used to strangers and having to communicate with them, were particularly prone to nostalgia, Hoffer found in his dissertation. A century later, another medical report in the 1700s reported that in order to prevent desertion, the melody that drove the Swiss men to illness was banned. Singing the song known as Rans de Vache was an act punishable with the death penalty, 
as it could lead any Swiss serving in foreign countries to the dangerous state of nostalgia. By the 18th century, the affliction spread to not only Swiss soldiers, but to the French army serving Napoleon. And nostalgia has often been called a form of melancholia, or even a neurological disorder. At one point, it was known as immigrant psychosis. Loneliness is a key driver or trigger of nostalgia. You don't need to change countries to feel a longing for a place. Even a move from Edmonton, where he grew up, to Toronto, where he pursued his career as a culture writer, was far enough for David Barry to feel pangs of nostalgia. Because it is such a part of the human condition that like, we can all feel quite lonely no matter what else is going on around us. So it, it seems natural that we would have a bit of an inbuilt thing to help us solve it. But I, I also think, you know, just to go back to this idea of homesickness, I think it's, it's true in so much as that home has never really been a place. I think that in previous times when people were a little more attached to their homes, it was easier to fuzz that distinction. But I think now when, you know, it's relatively easy for a person to go from the Canadian prairies to Vancouver or Toronto or wherever else, we start to realize that, that home is a time, maybe, but especially just a, a feeling or, you know, something important to us. And I think for most people, that sense of home or that sense of belonging or, or right or whatever it is that, that sort of makes you feel truest to yourself is intimately connected with other people. Barry, who moved back to Edmonton after living in Toronto for 10 years, is the author of the book called On Nostalgia, a cultural history that draws on how nostalgia is used and affects us from modern science to the romantic ideals of advertising. Nostalgia has become the quintessential modern condition, Barry believes. Our brain responds to things that tug at our emotions, and our experiences create these emotions. He started writing the book pre-pandemic and initially was suspicious of what nostalgia does to us. When you feel that pang, when, when you feel that longing, it's not something you can like rationalize or, or think about or set aside. It's, it's just this thing that grips you. And, and that, so that seemed kind of interesting to me. Those things that kind of shut off our, our forebrain really kind of speak to me. And then I guess the other side was just, it felt like to me, and this was pre-pandemic, I think it's only gotten a bit worse, but that we were just maybe becoming more nostalgic in a wider sense, or at least we, we seem to have more access and more willingness to indulge. As a culture critic, Barry says whenever he heard an announcement about a new Ghostbuster movie or a new Top Gun movie, he realized it was a cycle Give it a few years and there will be a new version. You know, whether it's something like, oh, you know, the 14th remake of Ghostbusters or whatever it is, where it's just like the culture seems to be looking back and in particularly looking back with longing in, in a way that it hasn't before. And so that was the initial spark. As I've studied it, I'm maybe not so sure that we are in any way more nostalgic. I think it is more that we can indulge it a lot more than we ever have been. Our loneliness triggers nostalgia, and in turn, 
we can now use nostalgia to own things, possess things, rewatch things, or even make things using our own craft skills or with technology like 3D printers. We want these things to have reminders for a simpler time. The two most nostalgic age groups are people 60 to 65, which was not that surprising. The second most nostalgic one is 18 to 22-year-olds, sort of like just graduated high school, that kind of thing, which you'd think like their whole lives ahead of them, what's going on. But I, I think the key to it is that is that identity, the, that idea of identity. Because like that is a time, you know, you're sort of getting thrown out of the only cradle you've known. You're, you know, on the cusp of adulthood or whatever that means. And, you know, especially, I don't know, not everyone's teen years are tumultuous, I guess, but I feel like most of ours are pretty, you know, you're, you're really grasping at that kind of maturity or something. And then all of a sudden, it's given to you and you have it. And so you kind of need to figure out who you are to be able to kind of start walking down that road, right? Nostalgia is trying to come to terms with our identity. In your 60s, you have had your experiences. And when you're about to become an independent adult, the excitement of being at that stage is often tinged with fears and loneliness that force those in their late teens and early 20s to look back to a time when they were 10 or 12. Barry's grandmother had a doll that she received as a child from a shop in Vegreville, Alberta. That doll once existed, is now just a memory, and cannot be remade. But today, Barry, if he wanted something from his past, his childhood, he could find it or have it made for him. Every toy he played with in the 1980s, the mold of it can be recreated or it can be found. The past has become more inescapable. That's when nostalgia can dip into something a little more sinister. If we only stay in a nostalgic mood, that can lead us to feel trapped in our present, which can heighten our feelings of loneliness. No need to forget about us. We'll be right back. Selling a little or a lot? Shopify helps you do your thing however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real-life store stage. All the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage. Shopify is there to help you grow. Shopify helps you turn browsers into buyers with the Internet's best converting checkout. 36% better on average compared to other leading commerce platforms. Because businesses that grow, grow with Shopify. Get a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash work. Shopify.com slash work. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what Big Wireless does. They charge you a lot. We charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. 
Hey, it's Danny Pellegrino from Everything Iconic. Ready to upgrade your style game without blowing your budget? Check out Quince. They've got all the good stuff, shirts and polos, activewear and fine leather goods, all at 50 to 80% less than other high-end brands. And the best part? They're all about safe, ethical and responsible manufacturing. Get that luxury vibe without the luxury price tag. Hit up quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. That's quince.com slash upgrade. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with PlushCare. PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss. If you're enjoying this episode, you may also enjoy Signed, Sealed, and Delivered, Conquering Loneliness with Letters, Season 1, Episode 12. Find it in our archives wherever you download your pods. Nostalgia can be a bomb for those feeling lonely, bored, and anxious. Researchers have induced in a lab environment the effects of loneliness when participants are asked to experience nostalgia. A favorite technique of experiencing nostalgia is through music. Music makes people feel nostalgic. Nostalgia has even made people feel warmer physically. On cold days, we're more likely to be nostalgic, according to research conducted at Sun Yat-sen University in southern China. And people in a cool room set at 68 degrees Fahrenheit or 20 degrees Celsius were more likely to be nostalgic than people in warmer rooms. But other research shows that nostalgia is not always a good thing. In a 2020 paper published in the Journal of Personality and Social Psychology, researchers from the University of California, San Francisco, found that there were some negative effects of nostalgia and loneliness in daily life. People are more likely to think of nostalgic things the glory days that Bruce Springsteen sang about when something goes wrong in their present day. Prior results found that when participants were asked to recall a past event in a lab setting, they tended to recall overly positive and fond memories, according to the 2020 USC study. That approach overlooked how different nostalgic feelings arise depending on whether someone has a good day or a bad day. The 2020 study asked 230 undergraduate students to complete a daily questionnaire over a two-week period, documenting how frequently they felt nostalgic and the intensity of their feelings in daily life at that time. Through the questionnaire, they were asked about positive or negative interactions with others, positive or negative moments of events, or whether something triggered nostalgia like hearing a song. When people were stressed, depressed, and lonely, when they felt regretful or full of ruminations and reported less satisfaction with their life and low self-esteem, 
they reported more tendencies to be nostalgic. The day after those feelings, they also felt less peaceful and less calm. Being nostalgic didn't change their loneliness. Although people tend to feel nostalgic when they have had negative experiences, the team of psychologists found another surprising positive correlation. People were likely to feel nostalgic on days when they had helped others, were reminded of old friendships or music, felt inspired or engaged in social media use, the study found. Based on their analysis of the findings, the study concluded that nostalgia is a mixed emotion, but the mix is decidedly negative in day-to-day life. When you're nostalgic, you're typically longing for something that you can't really have. If you could have it again, it wouldn't probably be very nostalgic. It would just be like part of your daily life. And so there, that in itself signals that there is a sense of sadness, a sense of loss. Over the years, as part of his research, Clay Routledge, a professor of management at North Dakota State University who studies nostalgia, has gathered thousands of narratives from people who have written about their experiences with nostalgia. The research tends to support that loneliness actually makes us nostalgic. We feel loneliness first. And loneliness actually might be the strongest trigger of nostalgia. So when people are lonely, they tend to become nostalgic. And nostalgia helps them feel less lonely in a couple ways, what we call direct and indirect. Indirectly, nostalgia allows us to bring to mind past relationships and experiences. And it's like revisiting those scenes, like we would if we were watching a TV show, where you're not physically in contact with people, but you're going through these old memories. It's a substitute in what sometimes people refer to as a social snack. It's not the real meal, but it can help us get through times when we're by ourselves, alone. The direct way that nostalgia counters loneliness is it can motivate us to want to connect with people. So when you're feeling lonely, perhaps you go through old photo albums and it makes you want to reach out to someone you haven't talked to in years. So nostalgia actually has this kind of motivational power where it's like, I'm missing something, I feel lonely, and that gives me some motivation to reach out. And actually there's a whole bunch of more specific ways that we've studied that nostalgia does this. So for instance, one of the challenges with loneliness is loneliness makes us less socially confident. Like if you're lonely and you're like, oh, I'm, I'm kind of a loser or no one likes me or I'm not good at, you know, I'm not good at making friends. And the problem with that, besides it being depressing, is that it's demotivating. You're like, well, I, don't, I shouldn't reach out. I'm just going to get hurt again. If I go go try to put myself out there, then I might get rejected. And so loneliness can be self-reinforcing, and this is why... Nostalgia gets us out of that cycle of chronic loneliness. People lose faith in their social abilities when they're alone, which makes them more lonely, and the cycle of loneliness repeats itself. There's a nostalgia cycle, and it takes about 20 to 30 years. In the 1970s, there was nostalgia for the 50s, and in the 90s, for the 70s. And these days, in 2022, we are nostalgic for the early days of the 2000s. A personal example. Last year, I heard from someone I haven't heard from in 30 years, 
Corey Bond. We went to journalism school together at the University of Regina. Our class graduated in 1992. Corey found some old photos that he had kept, and he went through them when he, like so many of us, were in lockdown. And he did something that made a big difference for myself and my other classmates of that year. He reached out. He had found some old negatives of the time when we were all much younger, and this is what Corey wrote. I sat on the floor of my home office with a flashlight and a white piece of paper, trying to see what each sleeve contained. I was grinning like an idiot the whole time. The best part is, as humans often do, the bulk of the memories were positive and fun. A kindness of time, for me anyway, he wrote is that the positive gets stronger and the negatives fade away. Not that I think I had many negative experiences at J school. Looking at the photos, I've wondered if sharing them would be an opportunity to reconnect with you and maybe swap stories and memories with the people who figure in all those photos and memories. I've been thinking about it for a few days now, he wrote, and I can't escape the idea that there is a great opportunity to reconnect. Could this aspect of social media actually live up to the promise and hype? People connecting with each other. That's what Corey wrote in the email. It did. That reconnection with friends from 30 years ago made us all nostalgic in a good way. We caught up with each other's lives and felt again that bond of a time when we were together. I can't wait to meet up again with the class of 1992 in our planned reunion this spring. A reunion that wouldn't have happened if Corey hadn't felt nostalgic. Loneliness leaves us feeling nostalgic, and nostalgia reminds us that there was a space and a time that connected us to others when we weren't alone. It's lost and can never come back. Nostalgia signals a moving on, and with it comes sadness and regrets. You're longing for something you can't have, and something that happened that no longer exists, except in memories and negatives. And those negatives, as Corey Bond discovered, sitting with a flashlight, become something positive. That notion that the past can never return can also bring with it something else, gladness and relief, and gratitude that it is in the past. In the midst of the Omicron wave, there have even been reports of nostalgia for the time at the beginning of the pandemic in the spring of 2020, almost two years ago. If it feels like a long time ago, consider how much has changed. These last two years feel, for many of us, like a lifetime. You aren't alone in thinking that time has suspended. What is certain is that we will look back at this time 20 to 30 years from now, and we will remember the beginning days of the pandemic, the Delta surge, and the latest variant. And when we're feeling lonely, or remember the negative things about the pandemic, the fears, the isolation. 
But if sometime in the future we look back with nostalgia at 2021 and 2022, we may remember other things, like how strangers can show each other kindness and how old friends can find each other again. We want to hold on to all the positive memories that we can and figure out how to turn negative ones into nostalgia that strengthen our sense of our own identity without abandoning all our responsibilities and hiding in the past. The best way nostalgia can help us is by carving out a little space in our memories of a time when we were happy and not lonely. Find nostalgia and be glad the past has led you to the present. It's easy if we try. We may be alone, but we are alone together. Alone Together was directed by Callie O'Reilly, who is nostalgic for absolutely everything. It's a problem, but she will never forget John Lennon. Sound engineer, Jeff Devine. He's nostalgic for portable CDs and mixed CDs with his own label. Theme music by Ian Lefevre, who is nostalgic for friends and endless optimism of his youth. And Ari Posner, who fondly remembers being a staff member at Camp BB on Lake of the Woods. Our producers are Allison Pinches, who is feeling nostalgic for the West Coast, especially the ferry ride to the Gulf Islands, and Guillermo Serrano, who misses, like a twinge in his heart, the family finca in Colombia. I'm Peg Fong, the host and writer, and I'm nostalgic for landlines and my friends at J School. This series is executive produced by Terry O'Reilly, who is nostalgic for his hair. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And is all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High-quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more, with Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style.